Welcome to the Superfan Podcast, a podcast series that focuses on the Edmonton Oilers and the National Hockey League. Um, in this podcast series, I focus on the latest news and discussion around the Oilers and provide analysis on the team and player performances, the roster construction, and much, much more. My name is Snell Nihotri, and this is episode 54, published the week of September 11th, 2023. Well, feels like the season is coming up pretty fast now. The Oilers training camp is scheduled to open on September 20th. That's less than two weeks away now, uh, with the first preseason game against Winnipeg scheduled for September 24th. And then they have their first game of the regular season on October 11th in Vancouver. Um, And the players are obviously eager to get things started with a large group of them already in town unofficially practicing together without the coaching staff and that's definitely creating some buzz around town with players being made available to the media and there's been more coverage of the team so good sign I think that hockey is back again just hoping players of course can stay healthy and and perform well when it actually matters in October but anyways couple things that I want to cover in this show first of all uh, the Oilers hired an analytics person to join their front office last week which I think is great Uh, but it's definitely a first step in improving some of the decision-making that happens in the front office and on the ice. Um, So I'll share some thoughts on that. Um, Secondly, I want to touch on something uh, Leon Dreisaitl actually said at their unofficial practice this past week about him um, scoring 60 goals. Uh, We know he's got all the talent in the world. He's scored 55 before, but how likely is 60 goals for him? Um, so using some some math, we can determine that probability and and also start to unpack what could be holding him back from reaching 60 goals in a season, which would be remarkable if he can do it, but a lot of little things would have to go right. Okay, let's get started. Um, the Oilers announced a few days ago that Noah Siegel has been named the club's video coach and Mike Finelli has been named video and coaching analytics coordinator. So Obviously, the word analytics in a job description for the Edmonton Oilers is going to catch the attention of the fan community, uh, especially those that are into stats. Um, It's been an area of weakness for a very long time. And you could look at the long list of mistakes and screw-ups under Daryl Cates' ownership if you need any evidence. Um, Far too often, we know the Oilers under uh, even the current general manager and previous ones have often made decisions, quite often the franchise-altering ones, that don't quite jive with the numbers and didn't make sense for a team that's trying to contend for a championship. Um, That's happened through trades, draft picks, free agency. Um, I would even argue with some of the coach hirings in the past, um, and all of these have had major impacts to the roster construction as low impact players on heavy contracts those types of players prevent the others from spending in areas of need Um, and about my previous point about some of the coaching um, we've seen coaches come in touted as defensively minded or great on special teams but completely fallen flat and again could have been avoided if the team had done their due diligence looked at the the coach's previous team's numbers under that coach, um, and they could have avoided a lot of headaches. Um, and so we've seen a lot of assets in the form of, um, you know, salary cap space and draft capital and prospects all being wasted as the, as the Oilers have been trying to stay competitive. Um, so seeing a new person added to the front office, that's definitely a positive 
Um, I did a little more digging around and, and found this on the Bemidji State University uh, website where Finelli used to work. Um, and it said that, you know, while at Tampa Bay, so that was between 2017 and 2020, uh, Finelli tracked data and statistics for special teams, opponent scouting, draft preparation, and free agency. Now, that's pretty solid and covers a bunch of areas that the Oilers can be better at and need to be better at, especially with drafting, you know, knowing that, you know, they are going to be trading away picks. They need to get better at, you know, picking pick, uh, picking players later on in the draft. Um, so, you know, hopefully Mike Finelli can have a, a positive impact on the team. Um, but I think from a, from a bigger perspective, this really should be considered a first step for the Oilers in trying to catch up with the rest of the league and the top professional sports teams in the world. Um, I know Jeff Jackson, the new CEO of the company, said in an interview with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now this past week that he wanted the Oilers to be best in class. Um, and I mean, if that's his goal, he really needs to beef up his analytics team. Um, one area that I don't think the Oilers have addressed is around data management and the IT infrastructure that's needed to harness and utilize the team data and the massive data sets available through tracking companies, which we know a lot of teams are relying on today. Um, most teams are getting this data already. They've built the infrastructure. They're hiring data analysts and engineers and, and scientists for this kind of work. So hopefully that's the direction the Oilers are going in if they're hoping to be best in class, as Jeff Jackson talked about, uh, when it comes to analytics and, and making better informed decisions. The crazy part for me is that the talent the Oilers need is really right under their noses if they're willing to be a little progressive and think outside the box. Uh, we know how you know knowledgeable the fan community is, how many people are, are writing in the field today, publishing their work, and they've got a background in you know data science and, and IT and economics, you name it. Um, the challenge for the Oilers is that they have to broaden their scope when they're building out this team um, and not just be looking for people with previous, you know, strictly hockey uh, backgrounds because that's going to limit you as to what kind of talent you're going to be looking for and attracting. Um, and the Oilers have to also be willing to spend some money on this. This is a, um, a long-term initiative. It's something they really have to be bought into for it to be leverage to the best of its abilities. Um, at the end of the day, analytics and data analysis and sports science, these are all tools that can give teams an edge when it comes to building rosters and making on-ice decisions and, of course, winning games. Um, and considering how competitive things are in the NHL these days, I really think the Oilers need to focus on this going forward. Okay, and so this kind of leads to my second topic I wanted to cover for this show. Uh, just talk about analytics and things like that. And, and that's the focus I wanted to have is on Leon Dreisaitl um, and his chances of scoring 60 goals this upcoming season. Um, someone in the media availability last week asked Leon if McDavid had told him yet that he can score 60 goals, which is what Leon had said to McDavid uh, last offseason before McDavid went off to score, I think, 63, 64 goals. Um, it's something that we know Leon is capable of. You know, he scored 55 goals just two seasons ago. Uh, he's got a tremendous amount of success on the power play, converting shots into goals. Um, he's been relatively consistent when it comes to uh, comes to scoring. Uh, he's got 138 goals in the last three seasons, uh, which is third highest in the league. Uh, and that's only three goals behind McDavid and Matthews. So 
definitely in some elite company. Um, and 60 goals, I think, should be a reasonable goal for, for Dreisaitl. Um, only a handful of players have reached this level in the modern era, so I'm looking at any time after 2005-2006 season when all the rule changes went in. Um, so Stamkos had 60 in 2011 and 12. Austin Matthews had 60 just a couple seasons ago. Uh, Pasternak had 61 just last season. McDavid had 64, as I mentioned, just last season. And then Ovechkin's kind of that high mark. He had 65 in 2000. Uh, 2007-2008 season. Um, so doing some really quick math, um, if Dreisaitl uh, plays around the same percentage of games as he's played the last three seasons, which is like 97%, he misses a couple games a season. So if we project that he plays about 80 per season um, and he matches his career average number of shots over the last few seasons at you know even strength and on special teams, um, I think... You know, just rough math, a reasonable target for him would be about 52 to 53 goals because uh, you have to factor in, you know, empty net goals too. Um, and 52 to 53 goals, that's pretty conservative. Again, this estimate's using his individual averages for shots and shooting percentage over the last three seasons. Um, you know, he's he's in his prime right now. He's playing a lot of minutes with some very high-end talent, especially on the power play. So I feel like you know 50 is that minimum. Again, we're just using his own numbers and expecting him to continue uh, what he's done the last few seasons, just because of where he at, where he's at in his career. And hopefully, of course, he stays healthy. Um, and so to hit 60, uh, a few things will have to go right. First, at even strength, he'll need to repeat some of his career high shooting percentages that he's had. Um, so typically he's been around the 16% mark over the last few years, but his high point was five years ago in 2018-19 when he posted a 20% uh, shooting percentage at even strength. And again, that's about four percentage points higher than his shooting percentage that he's posted uh, in the last four seasons since that high mark. Um, so that 20% level is definitely an outlier. Uh, but you never know. You know, he's been very consistent over his career in terms of generating shots for himself. And if he does hit 20% shooting percentage this uh, upcoming season, you can add on another five or six goals on top of that 52-53 goal estimate. So that will get him a little closer to 60 goals. Um, what would also boost his chances of improving his goal scoring at even strength is if the Oilers can have better puck possession numbers and shot shares with him on the ice. Um, last season, especially in the first 20 games or so, uh, there were stretches where the Oilers struggled pretty badly defensively uh, when Leon would be on the ice. Um, and so that would force the team to spend a lot more time in their own zone, often against top players uh, on the opposing team. And that's going to drive down the Oilers' ability to outscore other teams. Um, so hopefully, you know, the team and especially Leon can perform better you know, if they're playing more time in the offensive zone, um, that's going to increase his odds of generating shots and of hopefully more goals. Um, and it's also worth mentioning too, and I think I mentioned this last week on my podcast, was that Dreisaitl's even strength point production, it slipped a little bit last season uh, relative to his previous years. Again, like I said uh, in the last show too, this isn't the end of the world just yet. Um, but, you know, there's still, there's definitely a chance that his, his results could uh, continue to decline as he ages and approaches 30. Uh, we just know this from watching previous players that, you know, as players age, as they, you know, 
get further and further away from their prime years, uh, you can expect their production to go down. Um, but for, for Dreisaitl, I wouldn't say he's done yet as a player or anything like that. He's still very good, and even when his numbers did slip last year, that we're still at the level that you would expect from a from an elite top six forward. Um, but something worth monitoring and mentioning if we are if we want to project uh, his goal scoring for next season. Um, just switching over to the power play, I mean, this is where Drysaddle absolutely crushed it last season. Um, he actually posted a career high shooting percentage on the power play last year at thirty percent. And that's well above his career levels. And he scored, what, 30, 32 goals? In the previous three seasons before last year, he was at around a 25% shooting percentage. I think that's his norm um, because he's done that over a longer stretch. Uh, but if he can repeat the same shooting percentage he had last year, that 30% mark, you can tack on another four power play goals um, for, on top of the 52 to 53 that I estimated off the top. Um, again, that 52 to 53, you're looking at just his career levels and you're hoping that he repeats his career levels, which is a much larger uh, sample size that you're building your projections off of. And I guess if he does hit you know, his career high again on the power play in terms of scoring, again, another four or five goals. So, um, so I mean, you know, if he can maintain his career levels of shots and shooting percentages, 53 goals, realistic. But if you can repeat some of these career-high shooting percentages at even strength and on the power play, um, you're looking at another 10 goals, give or take, maybe one or two. Um, so you're right around the 62 to 63 goal mark now. Um, and knowing, knowing Leon Dreisaitl, I think it's possible. But again, you know, a lot will have to go right, especially his on-ice shot share numbers and defensive numbers. Because again, if he's spending more time in his own zone without the puck, uh, that's less time of him, you know, being able to build shots and chances and lower probability of scoring goals. So definitely a lot will have to go right. 50 should definitely be the minimum that we expect from him. Um, I think I'll probably have to write something up on this in the next week or so. So, uh, so yeah, maybe stay tuned for that. All right, well, I think I've covered what I wanted to cover for this episode. Um, really appreciate you tuning in and hearing me out. Uh, my name is Snellagni Hotri. You can find me and all of my work on my personal blog at thesuperfan.ca. Um, I'm also on, on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky. Uh, reach out if you have any questions or comments. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening and, and be well.